This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Here's your host, Brandon Bourgeois. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. You're tuning in to episode 50, the Big 5-0. And uh, on this episode, we're bringing to you a, a really special guest. Uh, in fact, our first ever European uh, guest uh, on the show. His name's Tom Darnell. And Tom is actually an official in the EIHL over in the UK. And he's coming up to do it to today on uh, on route to a game. So, uh, Tom, welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Tom, just uh, I'd love to find out first and foremost, just uh, what's your story in uh, terms of getting involved uh, as an official for uh, for ice hockey here? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I think this is my 21st season um, wearing the stripes. And uh, before that, you know, I played junior here in, in the UK. Um, both my brother and I played and my brother's two years younger, so he had a couple of years, you know, step on me in terms of um, development and so forth as a as a junior player. But we started skating when we were about probably I was about ten and he was he was a bit younger. Um, and I don't know. I think I guess you know if you're going to make it as a hockey player, you're probably wanting to start um, quite a bit earlier than that. You know, you guys over there are born on skates um, a little bit a little bit later. But we played junior, and you know, I dread to think how much money my parents forked out for for my brother Matt and I to to play um, and you know I worked all the way through and, and played kind of one season well trained one season with the with the pro team um, the Milton Keynes Kings um, who played in the third tier of the league in the UK as it was then and uh, you know I remember sitting on the bus a couple of times and driving driving up to a game and getting 30 seconds of ice time <laughs> as a <laughs> you know, 17, 18 year old. And, and to be honest with you, that, that I wasn't really interested in doing that. Um, you know, I, I knew my lim- I, I knew my limitations as a player and I'd already started at that point to, um, to officiate the, the kids games. Um, you know, I think back then we had, you know, a good program where we had a, an opportunity for teams to pick a few people that they thought might be, might be good for officiating. And then they'd attend a seminar, um, just a, just a half day seminar and, you know, you get a taste of what it was like to be an official. And, you know, I always kind of fancied it and, and thought that, you know, it was to my temperament and my skill set that I could maybe um, do a good job at it. So, yeah, I I decided then to kind of, you know, take it a little bit more seriously and, and stop the playing side of things and, and move into officiating. And, you know, the very first game I actually ended up calling as a pro game was, was a bit of a strange story. So my um, my parents actually owned the team. Um, in Milton Keynes for a while there and, and I'd stepped off the ice and, um, from a playing point of view and I was working in the box office selling tickets to the spectators coming in and it was our first game, it was a pre-season game against some arch rivals up the road the, the Solihull Blazers they were called then and um, I'm sitting in the box office and my dad comes to the door and he says, you're going to have to go and get your kit and referee this game because um, they've forgotten to assign officials um, wow. <laughs> so so because it was pre-season, I guess I guess this game had slipped under the radar, and um, 
I think it was in 1997, maybe 98 that this happened. Um, so I went and got my kit. I didn't even have any red armbands. I had to kind of fashion red armbands out of something. Um, and I think the one of the linesmen is now, um, he is now the, the coach of the GB sledge hockey team. And the other linesman was the Zamboni driver. Um, so the three of us called this game and it was an absolute barn burner. Um, and really teed up a great rivalry between the Milton Keynes team and this this team up the road in Solihull, um, which which is a, a team near Birmingham, a city, city just in the Midlands there in the UK. Um, and you know we had a great time. And, and then the next week, you know, I was into the schedule regular as a linesman after that um, in the third tier. And then I think the next season after that, I was in the second tier. And then the season after that, I was in the in the top tier, which used to be called the Super League. And and uh, and that's how I got into it. And I haven't looked back since. And, and here I am kind of traveling to Manchester here in my 21st season wearing the stripes. And so when you were that, that player, like, did you ever, you know, firstly, were you, were you, were you, were you nice to the officials? Were you somebody that took to officiating as a player? Did you respect the art? And secondly, I mean, could you imagine when you just first stepped onto that ice and did that game, uh, you know, in the preseason game that you'd make uh, you know, a career out of this and basically do this, uh, you know, uh, in a capacity of working all these, all these games. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I was, I was not the most, I wasn't the most pleasant player, not so much to the refs, but you know, I was always finding myself in a scrap or slashing a guy or something like that. I wasn't a very skillful player. I was, a, I was a D man for most of my time. Um, and I'd, you know, slash a guy and he'd slash me back and, and we'd get a power play. And I guess I kind of tricked that the retaliation is always the thing that the referee sees. Um, the first thing that's, you know, starts that situation is, is often the thing that goes missed. So I don't know. I kind of still think I apply that in terms of the hockey IQ to when I go out and officiate a game. Um, and of course, everything back then was a three man system, but the four man gives us much more of, uh, of a view on everything that's happening on the ice. I mean, we still, of course, things go, go by and, and we miss them because that's just the nature of hockey. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that that even that short kind of junior and very, very short um, senior kind of playing side of things for my, for my career have helped me um, in my officiating. And I, again, I remember, I remember a story we, we used to go and, and watch the, the UK does things a little bit differently in terms of the playoffs. Um, we have a, rather than a series best of seven, best of five or whatever, we do this thing called the finals weekend. So the playoffs, the playoffs um, run for um, a weekend in terms of quarterfinals. So there's eight teams in that. And then you get your final four teams and they're playing a one-off semi-final on the Saturday and the final is on the Sunday. So all the fans descend on one venue in the UK. And, and back in the day, it used to be in Manchester. They had a, a big um, 15,000 seat arena and, used to be jammed out with hockey fans and uh my dad said i fully expect tom to be um to see tom at the playoff finals one day to to one of the other parents or supporters sitting there and this guy looks at my dad like what the hell are you talking about (laughs) thinking like there's no way that tommy's good enough to to play in this and he he said no no as a ref (laughs) (laughs) um and you know he was right and um and I've enjoyed it um, all the way through. It's been it's been great, and it is still great. And you know, still motivated to to get out there on the ice despite all the stuff we have to put up with and and trials and tribulations that come with you know being a hockey official. 
Yeah, and give me a sense, like, again, a lot of our listeners would be in North America, and give us a sense for the listeners out there, like, what is the, the Elite League all about? Like, you touched on the rivalries that are out there. I mean, just give us a sense of, of what, a, you know, a referee can, can, can draw on in terms of, you know, what the Elite League's all about. Give us a sense of, of you know, of the league here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a league that's definitely improving um, very rapidly year on year. You know, it's a lot faster. The um, the teams are made up of pretty much 50% um, import players, 50, 50% um, British players. I think each team can carry 12, 12 foreign players now. And, you know, the lion's share of those foreign players are North American players. So it's a very North American style of hockey. Um, it's physical. It's fast and getting faster i think over the last few years and this is down to the you know the management of the league and, and the overall kind of structure in the uk um work very hard on the product on the ice to stamp out the kind of old school um 70s style hockey which was definitely something we saw probably a little bit longer mm. over here than um than in other leagues and i think you know the uk league probably stands out from some of the other european leagues in that it it wants that North American style. Um, and, and I think that works well for the supporters. They like that. They like the physicality. You know, fighting is not such a predominant part, but it's still there in the game. Mm. Um, you know, other European leagues, you know, is straight to uh, a player being ejected for a fight. We don't have that. We, we have the same rules, basically, as the as the NHL with the, with the major penalty for fighting and, and the instigator rule. Um so, you know, in that sense, the, the league's kind of found its, its, its product, as mm-hmm. it were. Um, and it improves year on year. I think this year, you know, we had some stats. Uh, we've got a guy, Mike Hicks, that used to be an official that actually runs the, the hockey operations side for the whole league. And he's worked very hard to make sure that, you know, the, the standard of officiating is improving as the quality of the, the play on the ice is improving. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of analysis on the types of penalties that are being issued. You know, we're well down now on the dangerous, the dangerous plays um, versus previous years, and that's down to you know his hard work and the hard work of the teams to make sure that they, they, um, they're developing the game in that way. And, and we actually have uh, Greg Kimberley, who was a guest on on the podcast um, a while back, and, and obviously a former NHL referee. Mm. Um, he's our he's our coach, um, so he um, he's providing. You know, a lot of material, a lot of video, and analyzing our performances on a on a weekly basis to provide that coaching for the officials, and that's something that we've never had before. Yeah. So, in in that sense, you know, it's ticking the boxes on a number of things about how we improve the game, um, and and off ice as well in terms of the product. So, uh, yeah, uh, we got eleven teams spread right across the the UK. We got a team in in Northern Ireland in Belfast. Um, we've got uh, three teams. Up there in in Scotland, we've got a team over in Wales in Cardiff, and then the rest in the, in England. So we've got teams in all the countries of, that make up the the UK. Um, and uh, yeah, I think the league goes from strength to strength each year, and, and only seems to be improving ever more. So yeah, but just to know, like you touched on the fact that you have a coach, like a you know former NHL referee Greg Kimmerly, but like going up through the system, I mean, like talk like what's what's sort of the development process for an official. I mean, you mentioned here, you know, in Canada and the US, many of us are born with skates on our feet, but in, in a, in a non hockey, you know, traditional market, I guess you could say like the UK, I mean, talk about what's the development process for officials over there. Like, how did you move up the ranks? How were you uh, developed? I mean, could you give us some insight into that? Yeah, I think, you know, 
it's fair to say that in recent years there's been a lot more um a lot more of a structure around that program but you know certainly previously a lot of it was just us working as a crew um as a team there just to kind of help improve each other uh and you know i was always amazed at how many assignments the uk would get for um for double ihf you know world championship tournaments you know we you'd see like USA, Canada, they'd get, you know, 12 assignments, maybe 15 assignments for, the, for their nationality, for their officials. And the UK would be getting like 10 or 11. And you go, well, you know, <laughs> for us to be sending that many officials away, um, you know, we must be doing something right. And I think, um, I think we've just, you know, self-developed, I guess. And I, and I think that's a strong message to, to, you know, officials that are up and coming. You shouldn't always look to the formalized um, development structures. You got to work hard on your own. You got to work hard as a team yeah. and help each other improve and help each other learn. And you know, I think that's something that I've always thought. Um, this team here in the UK, there's always been more experienced guys that you can speak to and ask questions of. And you know, you shouldn't be afraid also to listen to the guys that are maybe a bit newer into it because they might have different perspectives. They might have come more recently from a playing career, as an example. So you should listen to them um, alongside you know, that formalized structure of development, um, which helps you move up the ladder. And I think it's now the power of the combination of those two things. We, we, we really don't have any excuses not to, uh, not to improve ever more so in the, coming, uh, in the coming years. Yeah, and you touched on something I thought that was really interesting, where you, you talked about in the UK, it's kind of this hybrid in a sense, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, of a hybrid of a European and North American style, which has fit the, yeah. league, the league really well. And I'm curious, you mentioned that the UK officials get a lot of international assignments. Do you think that plays a role, that you can kind of mesh the uh, the gap between a European style and a North American style? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's probably, it's probably um, I'd say it's probably 70-30 North American European style at the minute, the, the UK league. But, you know, again, I think, certainly I can talk to the tournaments that um, that I've done over the years, Generally speaking, I would be assigned, you know, a tough game in a world championships or I'd be assigned the first game to set the tone um, or the evening game where, you know, generally speaking, that's the home team. And therefore, there's, you know, a lot of fans in the building and maybe a bit of pressure. Those were always the games that I was generally assigned. And I think the same can be said for other UK officials, because I feel like, you know, we did understand that slight kind of edgy north american style that maybe um is is seen in those kind of atmospheres i don't know um i mean one game in particular is my probably my last game ever as a linesman in fact um i was doing at a world championships lithuania versus japan um and uh this thing was crazy there was twelve thousand fans in the building it was packed um it was a close game i don't remember exactly i think japan might have won it um, but you know, it was a big physical game of hockey with line brawls and God knows what going on. And, you know, I remember being in the middle of that thinking, this is the kind of game that I'm used to dealing with. And it wasn't that intimidating in a sense. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily what you see in quite a lot of the, quite a lot of the European leagues. Uh, I've shared in Denmark for, for a few years, um, alongside working in the UK and that was, um, to get a bit more experience in the four-man system as a referee, because we didn't have it yet in the UK. Um, and the style there was completely different. You know, it was fast, free-flowing, um, you know, silky passing, 
um, tic-tac-toe stuff, you know, and that was a great experience simply because it was a completely different style of hockey. That's what, you know, what, what I wanted to get out of it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The UK has found its product. This, this is what it is. Maybe it will become a little bit more European style, a little bit more skill over, over the coming years, but, but who knows? Yeah. And I'm curious to know, I mean, you talk, I mean, and this is an outsider looking in, but I see the, the elite league and it's, it seems like its presence has grown and grown and, and just the scale of, you know, the audience it's reaching has really, has been growing. And ha- I mean, first off, have you seen that? But secondly, have you found that with the growth of the, of the sport in the country that you're getting a lot more folks interested in becoming referees and officials as well? I think um, I've definitely spotted it that it's become, um, you know, it's, something that more people are talking about. Unfortunately, in previous years, I don't think that's been for the right reasons. I think it's, you know, uh, and that, by the way, includes the UK media. You know, the UK media, the mass media, would talk about British hockey when something bad happened, like when a player went, um, you know, crazy and, and, you know, there was a situation where a player threw a helmet at another player and, you know, where there was like a brawl, where they're brawling in the penalty bench and these sorts of things with a with a things that became the um, the stories that that got the mass attention. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's getting attention on a broader scale for the right reasons, that it's a fast, exciting game that people enjoy watching. And I think, you know, average attendances are up. And, you know, that's because it's getting a little bit more prominent in that sense. We now have a, a, a TV deal um, with a game, you know, um, uh, a game or a highlight show once per week at least, and, uh, and that's in a free-to-air sports channel that, that anyone in the UK can watch um, on, uh, on the digital channels here. So, you know, it, that stuff all helps. Internationally, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm on Twitter quite a lot, and I see people showing a bit of an interest in it. So that's great. Um, I'm, I'm less tuned in to how aware, um, uh, you know, the broader audience is. But, yeah, no, it feels like it's on, on the rise in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, and that's awesome. And, you know, like I said, from an outsider looking in and yeah, of course we, we kind of see the highlights of some of the games that, you know, like you say, would, would maybe not be in the news for the right reasons, but to an outsider, it looks like it, the, the, the growth of the game has, has really been quite, quite phenomenal. And, you know, yeah. and I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit, how, you know, you, you traditionally did a three man system and you transitioned to a four man. Was, do you think that was, that was a needed change in, in, in the league at, at the time? I think so. I, I think, you know, I think um, it was desperately needed in, in this country and the, and the league is invested in that, which is great. But I think, um, you know, the four-man system is needed in, in hockey that's, you know, a fraction of the speed and quality of the elite league, um, quite honestly, because it creates an environment that's safe to play hockey. Um, you know, I always thought of the referee is, although you've got your two lines and when you're in your three-man system, it's still quite a lonely job <laughs> Yeah. because, you know, you're out there and, and really, you know, a lot of the decision-making rests on your shoulders. And, and the format isn't about fading into the background so that one guy is kind of like, oh, thank God he picked that up. But it's about that teamwork. Now you've got your buddy. You've got your, you've got, you've got that added aspect of, of teamwork, which makes the whole role of officiating a lot more enjoyable. Um, 
you, you see the game more clearly. You have more time to make those decisions that, um, that matter. We're still going to get stuff wrong. We're still going to make mistakes. I think, you know, that's, that's sports officiating. Yeah. I don't care whether it's the NHL or peewee game. There's going to be things that are missed. And, um, and you know, that's the role. That's the job. We're going to get, we're going to get criticism. We're going to get um, players and coaches and fans that are angry. Yeah. Fine. That's what we signed up to do. Don't feel sorry for us. We get paid to do this. I think that the um, you know the video that you shared again this week um, was is a fantastic example from um, from Coho there. You know, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the nature of the role. But at the same point, and back to your previous question about has it has the has the prominence of the league increased? You know, the number of people that want to take up officiating. I think the answer sadly is no. Um, uh, I think, you know, I don't know. I get a sense this is not just a hockey thing and I get a sense this is, you know, not just a UK thing. Mm. This is a sports officiating problem the world over and that is that the pressure and the um, the amount of nasty pressure, like the, the good pressure is, is fine, but yeah. the nasty pressure that is laid on sports officials, whatever the sport, whatever the level, um, something has to change because otherwise there's going to be a big, big problem. Yeah. And um, and I don't really know what the solution to that is. And there's been you no, know, I don't know if you've seen any of these stories, but you know, not hockey, but but soccer um, in in the UK here and in and in Ireland as well. Um, real terrible stories where officials have been you know assaulted um, on the way to their car and in yeah. a bar and these sorts of things. And you just think, what the hell is going on out there? Um, yeah. This is totally unacceptable. And and it's getting more prominent, not less prominent. And I don't know what the answer to it is. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're not wrong. And I, firstly, I appreciate you using the term soccer because uh, a North American like me wouldn't understand <laughs> the term football. But I think you're totally right that it's, it's, a, it's not just a, an isolated case with hockey. And it really spans the whole sports globe. Um, and just Tom, I know I know you got to hit the road, and you're uh, you're on on route to uh, officiate a game here. But uh, we want to thank you really for your time. And uh, lastly, we I'd love to find out where where you're heading for for the for this afternoon's match. And lastly, um, we always like to end these shows with a little bit of advice for officials out there. So if you could share where you're heading to and some advice for officials, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. Um... Well, so today, yeah, we got a, we got a big match up today. Um, I mean, they're all big games in the in the elite league. Anyone can beat anyone on on the night, um, which makes it so exciting in terms of the league. But tonight, we got the Manchester Storm playing the Sheffield Steelers, um, uh, a big rivalry. You know, a team, two teams that are not too far in distance from one another. Both um, teams that are kind of sitting, kind of mid table, fighting for playoff places. Um, and two teams that have got some big bodies. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to tonight. Should be a great game. Tiny rink in, in Manchester, <laughs> but actually a rink that I really like going to. Um, uh, it's an old, it, well, it's not actually that old, but it's kind of been built in a bit of an old barn style. Um, there'll be a couple of thousand fans there, I reckon, and it'll be a good atmosphere. So, yeah, look forward to that one. Um, in terms of some advice, I think... You know, back to my point there about the abuse and about the and about the, um, the 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 negative pressure. I mean, what I would say to to officials coming into it: don't expect to be liked. 
Mm. Don't expect to be to do this because you know you're going to be a hero. Do it because you love the game. Do it because you have a passion for it. And ultimately, I don't understand anyone that thinks that hockey fans are like the enemy of the game. You're not the enemy of the game. You love the game. Do it for that reason. And and stay passionate about it. Be close to your teammates. Be close to the team stripes that are around you. Um, and just be honest about your mistakes, I think. The, certainly the approach that I've always had, and, and to my downfall in some instances, because you know I'm pretty prominent on 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 Twitter and so forth in explaining things, or at least I have been in the past. I, I have to, I can't do that so much anymore because the game has become a lot more prominent in the UK. But yeah. um, you know, I think be honest with yourself as a starting point and with your teammates about when you make mistakes and learn from them. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Um, don't let those mistakes plague your week until you know you make a mistake on a Sunday. You think about it till Wednesday, and then you're thinking about the game on Saturday from Thursday until you step onto the ice. That's just going to ruin it for you. Yeah. Just accept that mistakes come as part and parcel of the game, and just work with your teammates to 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 see that through and stay the course. You know, I've had a fantastic, enjoyable successful career in in hockey officiating and there's been dark moments where i've thought about thinking you know is this really what i want to be doing driving driving a bunch of hours to a game to get abused and then leave again and go home um but actually you can get a lot of satisfaction and a lot of pleasure from from this from this um from this game in an officiating capacity um just you know stay committed and, and keep enjoying it even through the tough times and Tom, that was that was beautifully said, and I think that's that's incredible advice. Whether it's a, it's in a young official or listening in in England and the UK or what, over here in North America, and thank you again. Really, we appreciate your time, and we wish you all the best, and certainly safe travels uh, to your to your game uh, this evening. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. <laughs>